But we're just going to sing some worship songs together. And you notice these songs are, are addressed, we, we won't fear the battle. As you sing this, look around and think about your brothers and sisters in here. Oh, we won't fear the battle, we won't fear the night. We will walk the valley with you by our side. You will go before us, you will lead the way. We have found the refuge only you can say. Sing with joy now, our God is for us. The Father's love is a strong and mighty fortress. Raise your voice now, no love is greater. Who can stand against us if our God is for us? Even when I stumble, even when I fall, even when I turn back, still your love is sure. You will not abandon, you will not forsake, you will hear me onward with never-ending grace. Sing with joy now, our God is for us. The Father's love is a strong and mighty fortress. Raise your voice now, no love is greater. Who can stand against us if our God is for us? Neither height nor depth can separate us, hell and death. Cannot defeat us, he who gave his son to free us, holds me in his love. Neither height nor depth can separate us, hell and death. Cannot defeat us, he who gave his son to free us, holds me in his love. Sing for joy, sing with joy now, our God is for us. The Father's love is a strong and mighty fortress. Raise your voice now, no love is greater. Who can stand against us if our God is for us? Sing with joy now, our God is for us. The Father's love is a strong and mighty fortress. Raise your voice now, no love is greater. Who can stand against us if our God is for us? Amen. Hey, would you guys just take a second, introduce yourself, maybe to some, some of the people around you or your people sitting at your table, and just say hi to somebody?
Let's continue to sing. I raise a hallelujah. I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. I raise a hallelujah louder than the unbelief. I raise a hallelujah. My weapon is a melody. I raise a hallelujah. Heaven comes to fight for me. And I'm gonna sing in the middle of the storm, louder and louder, you're gonna hear my praises roar up from the ashes. Hope will arise, death is defeated, the king is alive. I raise a hallelujah with everything. With everything inside of me, I raise a hallelujah. I will watch the darkness flee. I raise a hallelujah in the middle of the mystery. I raise a hallelujah. I fear you lost your hold on me. And I'm gonna sing in the middle of the storm. Louder and louder, you're gonna hear my praises roar up from the ashes. Hope will arise. Death is defeated, the King is alive. All right, I'm going to sing. Sing a little louder, and then you guys are going to sing it back, okay? So it's kind of a call and response. Oh, sing a little louder. You sing. Sing a little louder. Sing a little louder. Sing a little louder. Sing a little louder. In the presence of my enemies, sing a little louder. Louder than the unbelief, sing a little louder. My weapon is a melody. Sing a little louder. Heaven comes to fight for me. Sing a little louder. And I'm going to sing in the middle of the storm. Louder and louder. You're going to hear my praises roar up from the ashes. Hope will arise. Death is defeated. The King is alive. I raise a hallelujah. I raise.
is a hallelujah. In the darkness we were waiting without hope, without light, till from heaven you came running, there was mercy in your eyes, to fulfill the law and prophets, to a virgin came the word, from a throne of endless glory, to a cradle in the dirt. Till the stone was moved for good, and the Lamb had conquered death, and the dead rose from their tombs, and the angels stood in awe for the souls of all who'd come to the Father are restored, and the Church of Christ was born. Then the Spirit lit the flame, and this gospel truth of shall not kneel, shall not face, by his blood and in his name, in his freedom I am free, for the love of Jesus Christ, who has resurrected me.
spoken word you were singing over me you have been so so good to me before I took a breath you breathed your life in me you have been so, so kind to me. And oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. And oh, it chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves and I deny. I couldn't earn it, I don't deserve it. Still you give yourself away Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending Reckless love of God, your foe, still your love fought for me. You have been so, so good to me. And I felt no worth, you paid it all. You have been so, so kind to me. And oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Oh, it chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves the 99. I couldn't earn it. I don't deserve it, still you give yourself away. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of shadow you won't light up 
mountain you won't climb up coming after me there's no wall you won't kick down lie you won't tear down coming after me no shadow there's no shadow you won't light up mountain you won't climb up coming after me there's no wall you won't kick down lie you won't tear down coming after me no shadow there's no shadow you won't light up mountain you won't climb up coming after me there's no wall you won't kick down lie you won't tear down coming after me oh the overwhelming never-ending reckless love of god oh it chases me down fights till i'm found leaves the 99 i couldn't earn it i don't deserve it still you give yourself away oh the overwhelming never-ending reckless love of god Would you guys pray with me today? God, we stand here in this moment in the Rendezvous Center in 2020. God, a lot of us have a lot of questions about this world and and just what you're doing. And so I just pray that you would open our eyes. Lord, help us to walk closer to you and your word during this time. God, we are just amazed and overwhelmed by your grace and how you constantly pursue us, how you love us even despite our sin and all of our failings, Lord. I thank you for allowing us to come into your presence, to sing praises to you, O holy God. You are awesome, awesome, awesome. You are the God who put all the stars in the sky. And God, we see your magnificence every time we look up into that sky. I pray that we would just see how amazing and how awesome you are today as we talk about what it means to be unified as your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, good morning. This morning, we're hopeful that over the next few fifth Sundays, we're going to try to do things a little bit different. Um, We won't always probably set up this way. It'll probably always won't look this way. Um, But we just feel like that at least one time a quarter, we'd like to just emphasize the fact that that we're one body in Christ, that we all work and live in different spheres of influence within family and friendships, and yet when we come together, we're all, what we have in common is greater than what we don't because of our relationship with Christ. And so that's why we've chosen to set things up this morning the way they are, and and we hope that you'll take opportunity to get to know people at your table if you don't know them. Um, as you're leaving, you won't, there's not the normal aisles to get out. And as you run across people that you don't know, I uh, just want to make sure you take the opportunity to do that. I want to start this morning with a, a really good commentary that I heard based on the story of Samson in the Old Testament. It was a large, strange fire. Those who rushed to put it out found that it not only roared, but it seemed to bark as it spread. The smoldering fields and orchards. 
the flaming foxes running this way and that, the damage, the confusion, the chaos. I read the scene again and wondered if it didn't fit, aptly fit and describe the landscape of some of our online and impersonal conversations today. Do you remember the story? Samson made a substantial wager in Judges 14 that the Philistines could not answer his riddle. Out of the eater came something to eat. Out of the strong came something sweet. Three days go by and they had no answer. The Philistines grew anxious, then irritated, then enraged. The Israelites was about to impoverish them. So they blackmailed Samson's wife, threatening to burn her and her father alive if she did not discover the answer for them. Extorted, she wept for her husband for days. You only hate me. You do not love me. You put a riddle to my people, and you've not told me what it is. On the last day of the celebration, Samson caved. She told her kinsmen, and Samson loses the bet. Things turn violent. Embittered by the betrayal, Samson kills 30 Philistines and pays his debt with their belongings. A few days later, after he returns, he discovers that his wife was given in marriage to his best friend. Incensed, Samson captures 300 foxes, ties their tails together in pairs, secures a torch between the pairs of tails, lights the torches, and lets them loose in the Philistines' fields and orchards. Imagine the scene. Imagine the alarm barks of the frantic foxes, the roar of the flames, the smolder of the Philistine economy as the fields became smoke and chaos. As I read that article this past week and that visual image that came to mind of foxes with their tails tied together and torches on their tails running amok across the countryside, it very much reminded me of what it looks like in our society today. It's total chaos, and it's like if you try to put one fire out, there's another emerges, and it's just you feel like the whole thing is out of control. And so this morning, in light of where we are as a society and, and all the things that, that we're going through, we want to just spend a few moments talking about how do we engage society? How do we, as the body of Christ and as born-again ones of Jesus Christ, how do we become part of this conversation without becoming part of the foxes with flames tied to their tail. And so that's what we're going to talk about this morning. And we want to begin our, our time together by looking at some verses in Ephesians that talk very much about the oneness that we share in Christ. And that has to be our, our beginning point um, as we talk about what we share in common. It says this, beginning in verse 2. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. That passage talks about the oneness that we share in Christ, the things that we have in common, and it gives us direction as far as how we ought to react and, and converse and interact with those within the body of Christ, but I also believe those within society as a whole. The first thing we see there is the word completely, that these characteristics, these 
things that we use as, as fruits of the Spirit ought to be evident in everything that we do. Not only our words, but also our actions and our attitudes and, and the way that we reach out to one another. The first thing that is says completely is completely humble. That's an attitude of, of placing myself under those that are around me. Not thinking of myself too highly. Not looking at myself through God's point of view. Exercising humility. The second thing is gentle. Gentle. Gentle is a word that has been lost in our society. Angry words and angry faces and angry expressions and, and anger in the streets and on the social network and everywhere. Yet the people of God are to be known as being completely gentle. Being gentle. Now it doesn't mean being walked upon. It doesn't mean giving up um, just giving up the things that we hold dear and the things that are non-negotiables of the faith, but it means that we're gentle as we approach and as we interact with other people. The next thing, the word that we see is patient. We all know what that means. That means bearing up and, and not doing what we would like to do initially when things come our way or things are said to us. And then the last word is the one that, that I think struck me the most about this particular verse, and it's the word bearing with one another. That word bearing comes from the word forbearing. And the word forbearing has this definition. It is the action of refraining from, an ex from exercising a legal right. Forbearance. How does forbearance look in our day and age? Right now we're in the midst of, of all of the things that are going on with, the, with COVID. And you hear lots of conversations about rights taken away, and this is my right, and that's my right. Well, forbearance for a believer means that out of honor for others, out of honor for those around us, out of honor for those that we don't know as much about as we think we do, we refrain from exercising a right that may be or very well is ours to exercise. And that's what forbearance is. And it falls under the category of completely that we are to forbear with one another. We're not to hold on tightly to our rights, but we're rather to see how those rights being exercised in the context of the society that we live in and the people around us, how, how does our exercising of rights affect those others? Well, yeah, good morning, everybody. How's it going? So we're talking about living a life worthy of our, our calling in Christ. And so the second... Actually, this next verse, verse 3, it says, Make every effort, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. So, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but not everybody agrees on everything these days. There's, there's all sorts of opinions and views, and even within Christians, and even within um, churches, even within families, um, at my table, at my, in, my, in my family, uh, my parents, and, you know, sometimes you don't even want to get together with family because you're like, wow, I don't know where the conversation is going to go. But within the, the body of Christ, make every effort. What does effort look like? Effort is not laziness. So I coach, some, I coach kids soccer, I, like first grade and second grade soccer. And if you've ever watched soccer, it's like kids are like laying down on the ground when they're supposed to be kicking the ball. And I, I, I will never forget 
one time we were like going for the, you know, all the kids on my team were going for the goal and, and my son is, is laying down on the ground like looking at the grass. And it was just, it was hilarious. But it, it's this picture of, of, hey, bud, give it a little effort. Give it a little effort. Like sometimes we have to give this stuff a little effort. It takes work to keep the unity and the, the bond of peace that is already established in Christ. Because in Christ, we have this relationship with God together. We share this one faith, this one baptism, this one... He's, he's the one God and Father of all. And so my question is, I've, I've always heard this question a lot. Well, why are there so many churches if there's one God and one faith? Well, there's different expressions in the body. We don't all worship the same way, right? We, do, we don't all have the same um, passions, and we don't all look at the world the same way. We like different music. In this room, we would have um, 100, 200 opinions on what your favorite music is, right? And so there's different expressions, too, in the body, but we have one God, we have one faith, we have one baptism, and, is, and, and there's different expressions. But we have to put effort into keeping that bond of peace, which we're going to talk about what that practically looks like here in a second. The, the one thing to recognize as far as effort is that we live in a fallen world. And anything, anything left to itself in a fallen world will deteriorate. Don't take care of your lawn or spray the weeds for a couple weeks and see what happens. Um, don't pay attention to this or pay attention to that. It deteriorates. We're, we, uh, w- the fallen world, things go bad if we don't give them constant attention. And that's the same exact way it is with the unity that we have within the body of Christ. If we don't do anything, it deteriorates. If we don't fellowship with one another, if we don't interact with one another, if we don't build each other up, then those relationships, that unity deteriorates. It's part of living in a fallen world. So what we'd like for you to do this morning is just to take a few minutes. Most of you are sitting at tables with people that you know. And we'd like you to answer a couple questions just around the table. Um, if there's somebody around you that you can... It's not against the rules to interact with somebody at a different table. You can do that. That's okay. Um, but just answer a couple questions. In, in terms of COVID and the way that that has, has affected all of us in many different ways, what has been the greatest challenge as you interact and converse with other people? Just what's been the greatest challenge? What, what, what's been the hardest thing for that, of that for you? And then on the other side, what has been the greatest joy? Now, when you initially hear that question, you're probably not going to have anything come to mind. What, what has come out of this for you that has been positive? Maybe not joyful, but, but it has been positive for you or for your family. What, what have you seen God do in the, in the midst of that? And so take a couple minutes, three or four minutes around the table. Have those discussions. If we'd like for you to write an answer on the cards, and we're going to bring those up, and Paul and I are going to go through some of those, because I suspect that for most of us, the, the first answer is going to be real similar, the challenges that we face. 
and and then I, I think it would be encouraging to find the joy or the positive things that that we have that we've shared together and so take a few minutes and we'll draw you back together in a few moments all right on this east side um, let's see Dewey who, who else can I see out there Daryl if you want to help pick up um, Ben if you're available just pick up the cards on your side and over here Quinn um, Brian Anthony yep if you pick up cards on that side and just shuffle them up to to Paul and I okay. and while we're doing that I'm gonna ask Paul to answer the same questions because we, if we're all one we've all got to answer the same questions and so Paul's got to do it for the big group okay all right so I think my greatest joy is my greatest challenge in this time because, um, and I was, I was talking to Josh um, Jackson about this this morning, but my greatest challenge is that things are changing so quickly. You have to adapt to, to everything that's coming at you. And, um, and that's actually my greatest joy in this whole thing is that it's, it's really pushed me to, to try new things, to get, to get better at, at different things in this season that I probably would have just skated along and just done the same thing and just, just status quo. So I, I think that, that in this time, it's pushed me to uh, try new things, to get better, to um, expand the, my horizons. And, um, and it's brought our family around the table a little more often for dinners and stuff. And made kind of reminded me that that's an important important thing. So, okay, all right. You didn't give me enough time to get all the cards read. No, no. You continue, and I'll all answer right. the question. All right. Um, I think for me, the greatest challenge as you interact with people is knowing and recognizing even before a conversation starts that you 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 don't know exactly where the other person is. You don't know where they fall on the, on the spectrum of, of how they're interacting with COVID. Uh, you don't know exactly where, what they feel as far as the social distancing and informal periods. It's just, it's, it's just like you're, even with people that you know, you're starting a conversation in a realm in which you don't know. And, and that just becomes hard because we, I mean, we all like to get along with people and we all like to have positive conversations. And, and when you start in and not know, that just, it adds an awkwardness to, to every conversation. Um, on the positive side, I think for me, it has made it clear to me or helped me to understand how many things I really don't need <laughs> in my life. Um, how much time you spend watching sports on TV or watching things on TV or just just those really kind of mind neutral type activities that you're not really doing anything you're just kind of killing time and and I found that in this where there's nothing on TV to watch there's nothing limited stuff going on uh, a lot of extracurricular activities are not happening um, how much time I really do have to do things that are profitable that was just time that was just kind of going away and being dwindled away in these things that really weren't profitable and so I, I think for me it's been, it's, that part has been really positive that those things have went away and I really haven't missed them. And it's given me more time to, to spend on the things that are important and, and, and are, are good. 
All right, so I, s I see some good answers. I mm -hmm. kind of pulled out. Um, trying to be social, and just just finding um, finding those places to connect. Mm -hmm. Connecting is a lot harder. Mm -hmm. um, missing others, I guess that kind of goes. Learning to be content is what <laughs> is what kind of jumped out to me on this card. And then um, not being able to enjoy sports. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, sports has changed, mm -hmm. except for you can hear the crowd in the back, you know, <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. The, the recording of the, of the crowd. Um, this was a really good one. Being respectful of others' opinions mm -hmm. has been a challenge um, when they differ from your own. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And then having masks everywhere you need them, in the car, mm -hmm. that's, a, that's a challenge. So... Mm -hmm. Those kind of jumped out at me. Yep. And then, and as, as I went through those, as Paul was talking, I think the reality is, for most all of us, we're all in the same boat. I mean, the, the challenges that, that we have, we all share. And I, and, I, and I think it's important that we recognize that, that, you know, this awkwardness that we feel, this uncomfortableness that we feel in talking to other people, everybody's in the same boat. I mean, we're all, we're all in this together. So this morning, what, what we want to do to kind of draw this to a close is, is just in, in acknowledgement of those differences and, and how do we engage with people that we don't agree with, how to, what's the proper biblical perspective. And, and we're talking about COVID this morning. There is a dozen other social and political issues out there right now that, you, that the same principles apply, absolutely the same principles. And so we wanted to focus on one because we didn't want it to get confusing. And since it's biblical principles, these principles apply for all, to all. It's, it's what the Bible says, how we should live, and how we should interact with one another. So the first thing, as we engage our society and we engage those around us that may disagree with us, Genesis 1.27 tells us that we are all created in the image of God. And as we interact with people that don't agree with us, we have to, at the first initial mindset, recognize that they are people created in the image of God, not the sum of their positions. And it's so easy to just, when we hear that somebody disagrees with us, we just kind of push them aside because that's a position I don't agree with or that's a stance that I don't agree with. The reality is all of us whether we are saved or not, are created in the image of God for fellowship with God. And so that's the mindset. We have, to, we have to be able to look beyond a position that we don't agree with and see that this is a person. This is somebody that, 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 that God created in, in his own image. The second thing is that as believers, we have an additional common bond that we share, and that is we have all come to faith in Christ by the grace of God, not by anything we've done, not because I'm right, not because I have good positive character qualities. It's because God in his grace reached down and made me aware of my need to trust Jesus as my Savior. And so created in the image of God within the body of Christ, we all share the common grace that was imparted to us. Another principle that I see in Scripture that, that I find for myself is real easy to fall into 
If you recall the book of Job, and I, I, it's funny, I've been reading through the Bible, and Job just happened to be where I was reading this week. Isn't that funny how God does those things? In the book of Job, most of you that have read your Bible recall, God allowed all kinds of calamities to come into Job's life. He lost kids. He lost belongings. He basically lost everything that he had as well as his health. And he had three friends that came alongside him to comfort him. And they all gave him their advice and told him what they, what they thought was best for him. The reality for Job's friends is that they were giving advice based on incomplete information. Because there had been a conversation in the heavens between God and Satan, and what was happening to Job was a result of that conversation. It had nothing to do with anything that was in Job's life, his behaviors, his attitudes, nothing. And yet these friends drew conclusions and gave advice based on what they could see, forgetting that there was something that they couldn't see. There's a verse in, in Job chapter 5, verse 27, that just kind of struck out to me this week as I was, as I was reading. And this is from one of Job's friends, and, and this was his advice. We have examined it, and it is true, so hear it and apply it to yourself. That was his advice to his friend Job. And as he made that statement, he discounted all of the other peripheral information that he didn't have a clue about, about the conversation between God and Satan. And as I think about myself, and I think about people that I interact with and I disagree with, I don't see things the same way they do, there is a backstory for each of their stances and opinions. They may have people in their background that are vulnerable. They may have lost someone to COVID. They may have, there's all these backstories that I don't have a clue about. And for me to demand that my rights are what's most important when I know only a bit and a piece of their story is not humility. It's not forbearance. It's not bearing with one another and being patient with one another. And so understanding like Job's friends that, that there's more to the story and then recognizing that it's not my responsibility to change somebody's mind or opinion. That's something that the Spirit of God has to do by the power of God. I mean, we can express what we think, but as far as heart change, as far as getting to the roots of why we think the way we do, that's something that only God can do. And, and the best thing that we can do is, is share Scripture and share scriptural principles because we know the power that's in the Word of God. The power to cut deeply, to change hearts, to speak to hearts, to move in people's lives, to accomplish what God desires. And so as we interact with those that we don't agree with, those are, that's the mindset that we have to take into those conversations um, as we interact with people. So that's the mindset. So we have another M word. If you're taking notes, mindset, and the next one is method. The method that you go about this is super important. There's a lot of different methods out there. Um, I want to go to the book of James, James 1, and talk about something very important. If you remember James 1, the, the tribes, the 12 tribes are scattered. Everybody's scattered. James says, if you're going through trials, count it pure joy. 
And then in verse 19, he says, dear brothers and sisters. So believers, brothers and sisters. He's addressing this, this group of people. Take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Now, if, if I read that backwards, everyone should be slow to listen, quick to speak, and quick to become angry. That's our natural tendency, right? That's our natural tendency. But the Word of God comes up against that and says, wait, be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. Guys, we, we, we have to work on this. And the problem is, is we do a lot of our communication on the, in the wrong method. We communicate on social media, but we should be communicating face-to-face. We do a lot of communicating via text, but we should call that person up and say, hey, what, you know, I know we are agreeing on this, so how can we work through this? And this goes for family conflict. I mean, these principles apply. Mm -hmm. But what's what's your method as you communicate to people, and how are you going about that? Are you quick to listen? Are you slow to speak and slow to become angry? That is so important. Therefore, and then it goes on, for man's anger does not br- bring about the righteous life that God desires. Anger never brings about the life that God desires of us, the, the calling that he has, has called us to. Therefore, get rid of these things. And then at the, the uh, verse 26, there's this amazing verse about our tongue, about our uh, it says, if anyone considers himself religious, he should keep a tight rein on his tongue. He deceives himself, and his religion is worthless. If we can't keep a tight rein on our tongue, even on Facebook, <laughs> then our religion is worthless. And so, at times, I just, I just have to take Facebook off my phone because I can't handle it in a, in a way that is going to bring God glory. And so I don't, I don't know where you're at, but what method we use is so important. So mindset, method, and the last one? The last one is manner, the manner in which we engage in conversations and engage in our society. And a verse that, that I have, I, I learned this when I was a very young man, and, and there's times that I'm, I'm going into a, uh, an awkward conversation. Is that the NLT that you have? Okay. There, there's times that I go into, and, and I actually will pray this prayer as I go into a, a, a difficult circumstance. It's Ephesians 4.29, and it says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. No unwholesome talk. That, that which is offensive, that which is, uh, puts people off, God says, don't, don't let that conversation come out of your mouth. But instead, only words that are helpful for building others up, to, for encouraging them where they are. Now, I recognize in, in a lot of conversations that we have these days, that's hard. But the, the, the one thing that I believe about Scripture is that there is nothing in this book that God tells us or encourages us to do that it's not possible that we can do if we're walking by the Spirit and to control the Holy Spirit. 
Uh, another verse that says, speak the truth in love. Well, you know how hard that is within a family and within, okay, God would not have told us to do that unless by the power of the Holy Spirit we could do that. We could accomplish that same thing. And the same thing is true with this. Only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. At the end of that conversation, the person that we're conversing with should feel benefited by our conversation. Not pushed down, not hurt, but rather benefited by that conversation. Another verse that, along that same line is in Ephesians chapter 2, uh, verse 3. It says this, um, Do nothing out of selfish ambition and vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. So seeing things through the eyes of those that we interact and converse with. And that's hard because our, our natural state of mind is that we, I have my opinion, that's the eyes through which I view the world, and, and it takes effort, like we talked about earlier, to regard others' opinions and where they are as more important than myself. And that word humility, like we talked about earlier. Another one that, that falls in line with, with our, our series that we're currently in, a devoted series. That same word is, is used in Romans chapter 12. Verse 10, and it says this, Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Devoted. You remember what the four parts of that are. Um, be devoted to one another in love and honor one another above yourselves. And then the last one, and I, I think this is the one that, to me, for believers, is the most important of all. Paul is talking about his rights as an apostle, and in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 or 9, verses 22 and 23, this is what he says, to the weak I became weak to win the weak. I have become all things to all people, so that by all possible means I might save some. I do this for the sake of the gospel, that I may share in its blessings." I have become all things to all people so that by all possible means I might save some. As believers, the most important thing that we have to share is not our opinion about any of these social issues. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. And my greatest fear for myself is that I will engage in a conversation with somebody that I don't agree with and because I'm not gracious, and because I'm not humble, and I'm not gentle, and I'm not kind, I put a barrier in front of them trusting Christ. And I can guarantee you, there is no conversation about wearing a mask that is more important than someone coming to faith in Christ. That's the perspective. That's the manner that we have. And we get so caught up in the emotions and the, and the tensions in society that, that we forget as believers, that's peripheral stuff. What we have to share and what we have received by the grace of Jesus Christ is, is, is our identity. And these other things should serve to point us and point others to Christ rather than my insisting on my opinion and, and pushing someone away from trusting Christ at some point in time.
So as we close, I just, I was really drawn to Romans 15. There's kind of a prayer in here. Romans 15 verse 5 says, May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you a spirit of unity among yourselves as you follow Christ Jesus, so that with one heart and mouth you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So this stuff is is so important. You want to close? Yeah, I'll close in prayer. Father in heaven, I pray this morning as we dismiss from this place that your word and your spirit will have reminded us what we share in common. Father, would you give us wisdom to be able to sort through the stuff that really doesn't matter and focus on what really does matter? People's destiny, their eternities, where they are in their relationship with the Almighty God, what needs they have, what fears they have that 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 the solution of which can be found in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Father, may we be people that are characterized as as humble and gentle and forbearing, not insisting on our rights, but rather pointing people to the saving grace of Jesus Christ. We pray that as a body we would be one, that we would rejoice in the common bond that we share, and as people look at us and see the love and the unity that we share, that they would be drawn to that because of what you have worked and done in our lives. I pray this for myself. I pray this for sunrise. I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You're the God of this city. You're the King of these people. You're the Lord of this nation. You are. You're the light in this darkness. You're the hope to the hopeless. You're the peace to the restless. You are. There is no one like our God. There is no one like our God. Greater things have yet to come. Greater things are still to be done in this city. Greater things have yet to come. Greater things are still to be done here. Sing that out again. Oh, greater things have yet to come. Greater things are still to be done in this city. Oh, greater things have yet to come. Greater things are still to be done here.